rebellion, empathy, anarchy. Buckle up, friends. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to share my conversation with Aaron Leatherbarrow with you. Aaron is the punk rock teacher. He's super popular on TikTok. If you're over there, you might even already know who he is. Aaron is here to literally set fire to all of the bullshit and show up for this young generation of badass humans and change the world. From his punk rock pantry, which is in his own classroom where he provides food and hygiene products and all sorts of things to not only his students, but everyone in the school, to his new endeavor, which is the Punk Rock Unity Project, where he is going and supporting teachers all over the country who are out here making a difference in the lives of their students every day. He is full of energy and drive. He's all about his three words. You heard them, rebellion, empathy, and anarchy. Holy shit. This is going to be so much fun. You are not going to want to miss one second of it. Stay with us. And I have to ask you, before we go to the show, I have to share something with you that I'm super, super excited about. Are you ready to break free from mental and emotional shackles? If you answered with a yes, buckle up because I have got something for you. I shared this with you in the last episode, but we are still open and accepting registration for Taming the Chaos, which is my brand new masterclass series that will blow your mind. This four-part journey is all about taking action. It's about interacting and unleashing your true potential. It's a no-judgment zone where you can learn to love and trust yourself even with all of your wonderfully imperfect flaws. They're what make you you, after all, and we are here for that. Why wait to start living the life that you were meant to lead? Join us for the live sessions. They start on June 16th, but you can always catch the replay. You sign up for one, you get all four. It is going to be amazing. When you sign up for the Taming the Chaos Masterclass, you're going to get practical tools and strategies to prioritize your emotional well-being and tackle life's obstacles with confidence. And guess what? I'm offering a sweet little treat for you. As a fan and listener of the Brave Files podcast, you can get $100 off your registration fee. The code is BRAVEFILES. So don't wait, my friend. Head on over to vickeryandco.com slash tamingthechaos to grab your spot and start your transformation today. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one -on -one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com to get all the details. Folks, you are in for a treat today. We're, if you can't already tell, just by the three words, the energy there, we're going to have a great time. And honestly, as a child, I personally never could have imagined that the term frontlines would be most relatable to the teachers in the United States. But that's where we are, folks. 
our that teachers are. are on the yeah, our teachers are on the front line. They're mm-hmm. the ones saving lives, whether it's from bullets or the you starvation. name it, we're up against it. <laughs> you name it, we're up against it, right? And so you know we have a bit of a shortage of people who are have the capacity to show up in this loving, affirming way to support every single child who are willing to teach the truth and history rather than a dangerous whitewashed version of it. And even making sure, like I said before, that their children, their students, they don't go hungry. And I'm super, super excited to introduce you guys to Aaron Leatherboro. We talked about the fact that that's just a really fucking cool ass name. It is a really fucking as, cool as well. Name. It really is. Uh, he's officially known as the punk rock teacher. And you're going to find out why. Aaron never really imagined the life that he's leading. As a teen, he was a punk rock lead singer. And like so many of us do, especially as little kids, he thought, well, this dream isn't sustainable. So he took a massive right turn. And I use the word right intentionally, Aaron, and <laughs> went to Bible college and became a children's minister. And then got married at the ripe old age of 19. And the mother in me cringes at that thought. And I'm not disparaging your choices. But wow, kids, don't get married at 19. This was Aaron's life for 20 years. But the punk rocker in him just didn't disappear. It couldn't disappear. It just couldn't be shut down. He's now a passionate teacher, a winner of his County Spotlight Teacher Award, founder of the Punk Rock Pantry and What's the other one? Punk the Rock. Punk Rock Unity Project. Punk Rock Unity Project. We're going to learn all about it. He's also a bit of a TikTok superstar, which is fun. Aaron, welcome to the Brave Files. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you here. It's not, I love all of my guests. All of my guests are wonderful, but they don't always come in at the level that you walked right into this conversation. We've already had fun. I don't ever exist outside of this level. Oh man. Like I just, people wonder like they, what, how do you have the energy? How do you constantly have the energy? And my answer is I have no idea. It's exhausting. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Is it exhausting? It is. And in a good way, I, I like, I can't, I can't not be doing like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how people cannot be. I'm like, what the hell? We're like, why do people sleep? I just don't understand it. And they do it so easily. (laughs) <laughs> like they're just they'll like they'll like say like it's like eight o'clock and I'll be looking at this person I'm like I'm like on Chat GPT redoing all of these kind of things and they're like I'm like what the hell are you, you just can do mind blowing to me. Well, I so I'm certified in human design and I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever heard of human design, but I'm liking this already. Must be a generator. So those of you who listen, you've heard me talk about this, and I'm not going to make this about human design. But if you guys want to know more, let me know. And Aaron, if you want a human design reading, I'll give you one. It'll be oh fun. Oh my god, give it um, all to me. <laughs> human design is it helps us understand how we're innately designed to move through the world and process. And what we have to shed in order to lean into it is all the bullshit. And this fits in very nicely with your story. All the bullshit that society tells us we're supposed to do it this way. We have to behave this way, take this path, do this thing. And when you learn to live into your human design, you go, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do it so much better. And you guys are going to love me for it. <laughs> That's the truth. Right? And you have no idea, literally, that people are going to love you, and you're mostly afraid that they won't. And then when you choose it, it's like immediate shock value. Like, And when you see real love versus this fake bullshit that people are spewing, like compliments and all this stuff that really they're just <laughs> wanting to get stuff from you. But then when you really show your true identity yeah. and then you feel accepted, it's a whole different understanding of humanity. It's mind-blowing to me. Oh, my gosh. It is acceptance. That what a 
beautiful, powerful word, I think, wasn't one of your three words, but we'll add a bonus fourth word. No, I love that. It reminds me a little bit of, do you know Caitlin from Kind Cotton? She's also a little bit of a TikTok I don't. Superstar. Oh, gosh. You two should know each other. because Say, I feel say like the name again. Caitlin from? Kind Cotton. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. So it's a clothing. It's an apparel line. Oh. We had her on the show a while ago. Um, but her whole platform is don't confuse kindness with niceness. That's very true. Right? And mm-hmm. so there's the acceptance piece. Side note, as a, as a teacher, what she does is everything that they sell, they put diverse books in the hands of kids who don't have access to diverse books. You should hear the thing that I'm doing right now about books. I'm what? in Duval County, Florida. Oh, so you're we just Florida. Had, so I had 176 books get banned two weeks ago in oh my, my school district. So what did I do? I went on TikTok and all of my channels and I said, I'm going to put all 176 books on my Amazon wish list. If yes. you want to support me, I'm going to have a bookshelf in my classroom that has an anarchy symbol on the top of it that has every 100, all 176 books and I'm not leaving and they can fire me. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> so we'll have to get that link from you. We'll put it in the show notes. I want to support. I actually have a good friend, Joy. I think Joy listens to the show. Hi, Joy. She put up a little free library in her front yard that is only for banned books. Thank you, Joy. That's such a lovely thing to do. Yeah. Listen, that's a real threat, though. That's some anarchy shit right there because you really could get fired for that. And I'm very okay. I've gotten fired many times. (laughs) (laughs) And here you are. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any difference. Like, this is the deal. Like, you talked about front lines early. Like, I am rebellious by nature. Like, everything that I'm going to do. And I talk about this in my interview. I'm like, I'm telling you, you love me now because I have all of these awards and all of these things and all of this, whatever, and this following. But in like a year, when I don't listen to you and I don't come to your meetings and I don't do what you ask me to do and you see my classroom and I have these banned books, you're going to be like, what the hell are we going to do with this guy? But like, I just found out today, literally today, we had our, it's called the fast test. It's like the state test of the state tests in the 10th grade. You have to pass this test to graduate, whatever. Well, (laughs) I mean, like, you got to understand my um, administration came to me two weeks ago and they were like, we want you to do a PD because like, I'm kind of, I'm doing PDs all over, you know, people. You want to tell listeners what a punk rock teacher. Oh, it's a professional development for teachers. So I go into schools and I'm like, hey, this is how you teach better. But of course, I do it rebelliously. Of course, I'm not going to be like, here's the new classroom strategy on classroom management, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like I come in there and I tell a story and I'm sobbing like five minutes into it. And I'm like, if you're not willing to be a human being to these kids, they will never, ever learn from you. Because Mm -hmm. these kids never, ever, ever see humanity. They see a four-inch representation of humanity. But, like, they would rather sit on their phones across from each other and communicate through texting and snaps than they would ever have, like, a face-to-face conversation. You guys, like, don't understand that, like, if you're going to actually reach, you know, students now, you have to be a human you're not going to embrace technology and get their attention. Your technology is 40 years behind theirs and they don't speak it anymore. If you want to get to them, tell them a fucking story about your life. And they're going to look at you like, wait, what? So when they asked me, what are the, I was like, what do you want me to do for the professional development? They said, can you do test taking strategies? <laughs> I, I kind of want to, we haven't even gotten your story yet. I want to know 
what the punk rock teacher version of test taking so I so I made this I told this exact story that I just did on TikTok and it went crazy viral and everyone's asking me like what the hell did you do what did you do what did you do (laughs) and so my response is because I did make a response video to it is on the Brave Files podcast so everyone listen to this podcast direct everybody here excellent there you go yeah okay (laughs) and so I literally oh I got down I put everybody I put a journal in their hands and I said you know what you should do why don't you just stop for one second and tell me the number one thing that's going to keep kids from doing well on the exam? What's the number one problem? Not like the 30 problems. If you had to bring it to its core, to its root, what is the biggest issue? And literally all four of them said apathy. None of them fucking care. None of the kids care. They don't care about showing up. They don't care about the test. They don't care about suspension. They don't care about teachers. They don't care about their parents. They don't care. They don't care. And they shouldn't. It's stupid anyway, but they don't care. So for me, I said, well, listen to me. I know we're in Duval County. I know that you can't do SEL learning anymore, which is like social and mm-hmm. whatever. Emotional learning. Emotional yeah. learning. And yeah. so like I have a whole like curriculum designed around it and we're not even allowed to teach it. So I was like, you know what? I don't care. My test taking strategy is I teach empathy in my classroom because empathy is the enemy of apathy. So like, if you think for one second that you're going to have your kids do well, because you teach them that the common answer is C like, uh, no, 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 no. If you think they're going to do well on their exam, because you taught them how to like cover up the multiple choice questions and answer it in your head before you even look to it. That's what they're wanting me to say. And I'm like, fuck all of that. They're sleeping. If you want them to do well on the test, you need to show them that you care about them. And you need to show them that they should care about themselves enough to try. And so that was the way I I taught empathy for at least 15 minutes in my professional development. It was crazy. I love that, man. I love you. I, (laughs) and you know, this is, we are really derailed here and I don't give a fuck because I do what I want. I've been saying that a Mm -hmm. lot lately on all the, I just do what I want. Me too. (laughs) I know. That's why we like each other so much. I don't, I don't think it's that the kids don't care. I think it's that the kids don't care about the things we tell them they're supposed to care about. They care about real things. They care about what's happening in their lives and what's happening to their friends. And even in some cases, what's happening in the government. Mm -hmm. They just don't care about stupid shit. Like whether C is the, the best common answer. Mm -hmm. So I, that was my origin when I decided about two months ago to stop teaching my curriculum for just a minute and to really start teaching empathy, I I started with a poll. What are the top three things you care about? Like, what are the top three things you care? I just want to know, what do you care? Do you care about anything? Like, what is it? Because I know it's not school and I know it's not homework and I know it's not me and I know it's not this. I'm just curious, what do you actually care about? And every single one of them, their first answer, I mean, not like 90%, 100% said their mother. First and foremost, they care about their mother. Oh, wow. I don't know that that would be my children's answer. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm just saying like that was shocking to me. They care about their mom. They care about the significant others and they care about their friends and they truly do. It's about I mean, people. It, well, it's, I mean, it's, they're in that Eric Erickson stage, right? The thing that they care the most about is the people they're with. Yeah. And that's the damn truth. They really, yeah. truly do. They really, yeah. truly do. And so like, that's why I said, be a human. Be an actual human. human. Mm. Well, you are an actual human and you're an actual human who has experienced all the things that these kids are experiencing, these kids that you're teaching. Let's have a little fun and talk about high school punk rock lead singer Aaron Leatherbarrow. Like, oh, like 16 year old. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, first so, of all, how why punk rock? And uh, so that's a great question. Keep going. Yeah. No, what why punk rock and what it gave to you, and then also what what was it that kind of took it away from you for a little? Good call. So I can do that pretty quick. I was like 14, 15. I was super backwards. I was a nerdy kid. You know, didn't really have friends. Didn't know how to make friends. My family moved a lot. My dad was in construction, so we like lived out in farms, and I had to just kind of like figure out life by myself outside. You know, like picking flowers and clovers and trying to figure out shit in upstate New York and Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, like all that, I, you know, I didn't have any friends or anything. I knew animals and my sister, you know, so that's like what I understood. <laughs> and so then when we like kind of got into Cincinnati, Ohio, and I like was around like people, I was real backwards. Like I didn't really know how to do things. And all I had was like a very conservative, charismatic, religious world. It was like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all church, all the time. Wow. So, and it was like, and very like legalistic, very like, this is like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this with the threat of hell looming over my head, always with everything. So with all of that, then I would like go and want to want to like escape somehow, but didn't know how to. And then when I was 15, I was walking into a Christian bookstore because that was the only place we were allowed to go to in the mall. And I was in a Christian bookstore and I was looking through the CDs. CDs were brand new. And I was like, oh my God, what are these things? You know, and I got a CD player for Christmas. And so I was like, wait a second. And I saw this guy and he had like a spiky haircut and a big shoe and i was like what is happening with this and it was a it was a band called mxpx the name of the album was teenage politics and i was like what the what and so i bought it immediately because it was in a christian bookstore i knew i was allowed to because it was christian so i told my mom i bought it i went home and i swear to god it became my bible wow I, i listened to that album Every day, always. I put the cover up above my bed, you know, like we used to do with the Weezer, you know, the blue (laughs) thing, you know, we all did that. You know, that was my life was learning. What is this? How can you be a Christian and be kind and be rebellious? And the second I saw rebellion, I was addicted. I was like, there has to be a better way to all of this, everything that we're doing, because everything I see seems fake, wrong and horrible. If everything is fake, wrong, and horrible, I'm going to find a better way. And whether that's listening to punk rock or whether it's loving students in 2023, I'm just going to do things differently. It's became my like life's purpose. So then I was in a punk rock band. We were touring. We were, we loved it. I just, it was a Christian punk rock band. That was my question. It was. So like, I wanted to like get kids saved. That was like, I swear. But then once you're in the scene, people start showing you things. You're like, wait, you think MXPX is good? Have you heard Bad Religion? <gasps> bad Religion? I couldn't possibly. <laughs> but then you listen I to it. I good religion. Exactly. So I listen to it. I'm like, what is this? And then it was like, but you think that's good. Here's social distortion. Here's no effects. Here's, I'm like, <gasps> and then instantly my mind got blown. We got a new guitarist. He was a heroin addict. We were sleeping oh, in vans yeah. and like White Castle dumpsters. And I was, I just blew the hell up like every friday night every saturday night my parents thought i was like at a christian punk rock show and i was touring in a van with a heroin addict playing shows just trying to score a hundred bucks so i could find the closest dealer to get him good so he could go back on stage oh shit because like heroin doesn't fuck around like it is no this was well before the heroin epidemic too so deep into the punk culture like wow. deep into it. And I was addicted. I was, this is the greatest thing. Now I was not to heroin. straight edge, ne- never <laughs> smoked a cigarette, never had a drink, never did any kind of drugs. And I was straight edge, straight edge, straight edge till I was 35. I had never t- 
tasted alcohol, never had a cigarette, never did anything. I thought it was all so stupid. Never did anything. Wow. And so then I was 18 and I was like, or and I fell in love, you know, I was like 17. I found this girl. She was amazing. Everything was great. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Am I going to go join this record label and go on tour with these idiots, you know, or am I going to like whatever? And so I talked to my dad and I was like, Hey dad, what the hell should I do? He's like, you need to marry this girl before she figures out how better she is than you. Wow. Well, let's talk trauma there. But anyway, yeah, uh, I was like, mm, but my dad was my idol. Although so. Usually it's reversed. Usually they're telling the girls that. Well, <laughs> say what you will. <laughs> so I, I, but my dad was my idol and I needed advice and I was you scared and him. I didn't know what to do. So oh, I man. quit my band. I went to Bible college. I proposed to my girlfriend. We got married at 19 and I went to Bible college to become to learn how to minister or to learn how to become a minister. Now, were you, you were a youth minister, right? Children's like K to five. Like little bitty kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you an anarchy youth Christian yes, minister? Yes, I was. Low How key. did that show up for you? Low yeah. key. And like I said, I've been fired many times. <laughs> um, so uh, it just doesn't go well, but I'm not going to teach bullshit. Like I just can't do it. So there's enough in the Bible that's not like wackadoodle that you can kind of like get away with. That's really just good, nice, good hearted stuff. And that's what I taught. And I just loved in like teaching community. That was the name of my class for a very long time. I like labeled my Sunday morning class as community. And mm-hmm. I taught kids how to just be good to each other. And it was really awesome. Very lucky to have you because that voice is. Yeah. It's all, and they love it until what, you know, until the senior minister does a deep dive into my life and says, yeah, you can't work here. <laughs> Why? Why? What was the because uh, the always, uh, the, the, the reason is always my behaviors do not abide with the code of conduct. What behaviors? Which well, are the, I mean, are the, whatever, like cussing, drinking, talking, you know, tattoos, anarchy, going yeah, to functions. But you shows. weren't back then. You oh, were. no. I was, when I was a minister, I was definitely still flirting with all of those things. Okay. Like that didn't like leave my life. I was just not living for it. So okay. like I had a beautiful family. We did a wonderful thing. Everything was great. But then on the weekends, I'd be like traveling up to the nearest big city to go to a punk show, you okay. know, and doing my thing. And, you know, wow. a couple of tros close trusted allies that you would like lean into and tell my truths. And then those people would then, you know, not be a close trusted ally. You know, that's a tough, that's a tough lesson that we've all learned your kids, your, my kids, I mean, students are probably learning that right now. Like Mm -hmm. a secret is not a secret. Once you tell it ever, ever. So then the goal then would be to have less secrets, right? Don't do things that you need to keep secret. Or, but also safety. Or just be damn fine with every choice you make, which is me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I don't mean don't do things that you want to keep secret as in toe the line. I mean, own the things you do. Own the things you do. Yeah, absolutely. And so rather than me stopping behaviors, which was what I was taught to do, you know, like if you have a desire and it's wrong or it's immoral, don't do it. Well, that's really tough when the moral character that I was grown, when I grew up with is impossible to achieve. That's really tough. Then you just feel like a failure every day of your life. And to where eventually you think, wait a second, maybe I'm not wrong for wanting to listen to bad religion. Could that be the truth? And then once you accept that, then your world opens up. And is that what happened? I mean, you served this role for 20 years as a children's minister. That is such a profound question. And as a transformational success coach, I ask clients that question, or we, I have them ask that of themselves all the time, which is, what if that thing you've always believed is true isn't? 
you, what yeah. changes if you decide that that's not true? Or maybe, maybe it's not true. One of the questions I ask is, can you know for sure that it's true? <laughs> Doubt is a lovely seed <laughs> that grows quickly. <laughs> right? So what what happened at the 20-year-ish mark? That um, I, that's a great question. It's gonna, you know, here's another word we could add as the fifth one. Is <laughs> I, this is my favorite English word in the actual English dictionary, which is decide. It's, I love it because of its suffix, which is C-I-D-E. And you only hear it followed after words like hama or sua or pesta. And okay. it's um, it's an odd word to follow after D. And then it does have the derivative of decision, of course. But to put that side at the end shows you an illustration of murdering doubt. And I love that. Murdering doubt. When you decide, it's over. Yeah. I love all, that little English All lesson. indecision is death. All of it's it's all dead the second you decide. Fear, dead after decision. Like, that is mind-blowing. You know, it's just, to, to me, I love it. So when you ask what happened, I decided, decided I was done. And when that happens, I'm telling you, there's no turning back. Okay, but we don't just decide we're done without some pre-work. Like it isn't sure. like one day. We're talking you go, 20 years of pre-work though. Like, I mean, like, as yeah. like we said early, doubt sprung early. Yeah. You know, like doubt in my marriage came early. Like, cause I, like what ended up happening after 20 years was no longer ever being in ministry ever, got a divorce, lost my children 30% of the time, new house, new car, new job, new life. Yeah. It was that big because it was 20 years in. Yeah. Like you can't just make a small choice and then change. This this was so deeply rooted in me. There was no way that I was going to be able to survive living a lie. And if you know anything about church ministry, this is what ministers are doing <laughs> and why yeah. they seem perfect. They are lying all, all the time. time. It becomes not just a behavior, it becomes a persona. Yeah. And wow. that's and that's who you become. And after 15 years of ministry, I had, and I mean this when I say it, zero identity. I had no idea who I was. I didn't know what was work. Was marriage work or was church work? I didn't know what love was. Was love Christ or was love my wife or my children? I didn't know at all any of it at all because it all became a facade. It became all do what you have to do to look perfect. Mm. Hurt, little, it hurts me to hear you say that. I, it's the truth. And this is why, like, why you lose as much as I lost and why I decided to make the change that I did. Because I loved, I knew the one truth I had was I loved my children more than I loved anything in the universe. And every day that they looked at me, I felt like they couldn't see me. And now I'm crying. <laughs> and like, but that's the damn truth is you get to this place where I'm like, my God, my 17 year old who I've given my whole life to me doesn't even know my, her father. Like she doesn't even know him. And like that, I can't come back from that. Like that was it. And you, that was the decision-making. And I was like, God, I'm going to have to make some insane, insane choices. And I did. And let's not even talk about the consequence of leaving a tribe. The ostracizing. Yeah. Oh, I, I lost everything. Have, every um, friend, every family, every everything. I lost it all. We have a lot in common. I don't know when you were doing your Brave Files research and listening if you heard my I heard story. enough to know kindred spirit. Forgive me yeah, Green Gables um, reference, but like 
kindred. I just felt it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. But I had a very similar moment. We have very different backgrounds. I wasn't raised with religion. I'm quite thankful for that. But I was gay and I was in a hetero marriage and living this very small fear-based life. And it was the same thing. And it's so fascinating. I've not been able to unpack this with anyone and I can't really believe I'm doing it on the show right now with you, but why not? Here's what we're here for. I love that that's always your response. I I said, I, I staked that claim. And I said, if I want my children to believe that they can do and be anything they want, I have to show them that I can. Mm-hmm. And I said, I did it for them. And then as my children get older and they reconnect with sort of their anger and frustration over the fact that they have divorced parents and they go from house to house and it's complicated and it's difficult and it hurts and it does. And I am not taking any of that away. They were like, you didn't fucking do it for us. You did it for you. And I said, I, I did do it for me. And I did do it for you because if I hadn't done it for me, who knows what legacy Mm -hmm. I would have left you and you would have been stuck with. I think, I mean, I think my girls are going through this exact same thing. Like they definitely, okay, fine, dad, you did this for you. Fine. And you know what? I have to say, you're right. I did. Maybe one day you'll see. And I I truly believe they will. It's not my job to convince them now. It's my job to take care of them right now. Yeah. You know, like I don't need to convince a 13-year-old. I don't need to. I just need to prove it. I have big feelings. And also from a human design, go back to human design. Uh, My spleen, which is my authority center, is tingling. My whole body is tingling. I always know that's my intuition saying, that's the thing. That's why you're here in this moment right now was to absorb that thing. So thank you for giving me that thing. I find, honestly, I find that I do it often without even knowing it. I don't know why. There's like, and I, I, I was talking to a friend today about how they're like, they asked me the question, what do I believe in? And I was like, everything. I believe in everything. Anything. I believe in literally everything and nothing all at the same time. Mm. It doesn't make a difference. When you are accepting, belief is so such a small word. You know, like, I'm like, I accept everything and everyone. Well, what God do you believe in? All of them. I don't care. Like, it doesn't, like, I love you. I love that you believe. I love that there's big. I love that there's more. I believe in all of it. Well, is it Jesus or is it Buddha? I don't (laughs) give a fuck which one it is. I love them both. They sound great. Like, it sounds awesome. If you're not bastardizing them, they're wonderful. It makes no difference whatsoever. You know, whatever. No, that's profound. I kind of have always said, um, so I'm agnostic and that I choose that term because I believe in science enough mm-hmm. to know that I do not fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. I know anything's possible. That's what I believe in. I believe in possibility. I believe in the fact that anything is freaking possible. And if you decide that it's not Mm-hmm. you're not following the path of light, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Woo! I just love you. Okay, so you blew up your world massively. Yes. yes. And there were severe consequences to yes. it. Yes, yes. And then what happened? Uh, so I was teaching history. Um, I was a music teacher when I won the uh, Duval County Spotlight Teacher okay. of the Year. I was a music teacher. Did you go back to school to get your teaching certificate? No, this is Florida. You don't even have to be. A... Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't want to. <laughs> but I that. did. I mean, I actually like have an education within <laughs> elementary education. It was part of the children's ministry okay, degree okay, that I had. Okay. So I'm actually well-educated in <laughs> education, but you don't have to. Hell, I mean, now this, this guy, whatever, DeSanter, whatever, he's like, now you can just 
be in the military and you can be a teacher. <laughs> like, oh, okay. DeSantis is scary. And I, I could give half a shit. That's the lovely thing about anarchy is I, it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> but um, so like <laughs> I was teaching, I didn't want to teach music anymore to babies. It was so much fun, but I was kind of getting over the whole kindergarten. I got to go pee. You know, like I was just like, okay, I kind of want to teach. I got a lot of shit to get out. I want to teach. And I like subbed for a history class for a week. And I was like, this I'll teach this. And I'm a good teacher just by training. I'm so sure like, that you are. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll try this. And so I went to, and I taught history and I loved like those two weeks. So uh, then as soon as that happened, immediate divorce, immediate relocation, got a job at a Christian private school. Oh, I was and like, I how taught, long did that last? <laughs> <laughs> and so I taught history there and I looked at their textbooks and I said, yeah, no. <laughs> like if, like, are we really telling them this? Like, is this, are we okay with just saying yeah. that this is this is truth? This mm-hmm. is like an actual blatant lie. Like wow. here's I don't know if you've read Christopher Columbus's journal, but this is what we're telling them what happened and this is what happened. Are we okay with just lying? It doesn't seem like it's part of the values of a Christian faith to just out and out lie to students. But yeah, so they didn't want me to teach history. <laughs> And then uh, the principal, who actually really liked me and fired me a year later, but really we got along very well, said, you should teach creative writing. You know, I look at the way you, like, you're a poet. You have beautiful lyrics. You're a wonderful writer. You should teach English and I can help you. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. My sister was an English teacher by trade. My brother-in-law was an English teacher by trade. English has just always been a part, like good vocabulary, academic speech. We just did that as the leather barrows for some reason, whatever. And so I just happened to like know it and I did pretty well and then combine that with, you know, the teaching education that I had. And then I took all the certification requirements and I was like, this is badass. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. And so then I just started teaching high school English and that changed. Holy shit. We're about to get into like punk rock teacher now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I love, I love that. And I loved my creative writing. I have a college degree in creative writing. I creative writing in theater. I joke that my degree is in bullshit. Like I got a degree in But seriously, like (laughs) musical theater in high school, like I'm very good at bullshit. It works for us. It works. Um, Which is weird because I, the biggest thing in my life right now is authenticity, but like, you know, like, well, probably because I spent so long. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. So yeah, we're getting into punk rock teacher here. Mm -hmm. You, you move into creative writing. Yeah. You're teaching high school. Mm-hmm. and you're still challenging the status quo. You're still Always. all about the Always. anarchy. Um, and at this point, I'm not affiliated with the church. I'm not affiliated with my wife. I'm not affiliated with anything other than this little tiny podunk Christian school. And I could give a fuck about it. So I just wanted to have a job. You know what I mean? So like at this point, I had very little fear. You know what I mean? And I, with the teacher. Because what did you have to lose? I was good. Like I could get a job in Florida anywhere. (laughs) Like it was not going to be a problem. So I was just like, fuck it. You know, like I'm going to do what I want. You know, like I spray painted the walls in my classroom. I hung the flag upside down. You know, like I was, I took off the Christian flag off of my room and put up the Star Trek flag. Like I just, the literally the United Federation of Planets is the only flag I fly in my classroom. But like, I love it. Cause like, I just, I don't believe in any creed or anything unless it was written by Gene Roddenberry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I just went for it. You know, I put my punk band's logo. I moved my punk band's rehearsal space into my classroom. I had a drum set and like electric guitars. I had a whole punk rock venue in my classroom. 
And I just like loved it. Just loved it, loved it, loved it. I love that. Now, did you continue to play music throughout that whole 20 years? Like you always no. kept that alive? Um, no, I didn't. So I was, I just could it was too much, but I mm -hmm. desperately desired. So the second I was like in the separated slash divorce stage, started a punk band like that. And so now I'm in a punk band and we like have, we're like our music's on Spotify and everything, Sweet. like the whole thing. What's and, the band name? A uh, cassette crisis. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm that guy that has like over 200 cassettes and still listens to a Walkman. <laughs> but oh my god, I love that. I'm just gonna link it here so everybody can go find the Spotify playlist. <laughs> so yeah, we so cassette crisis would practice in my room, and eventually the kids were just like, "Who the hell? What is happening here?" So think like like I mean, as red and podunk and right-wing conservative church school that you could ever imagine. We're talking camouflage, mullets, and like super judgmentalism. And then me as their teacher, they thought I was an alien. You know what I mean? And yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the origin of the punk rock teacher here, but that's where we're at. I do. I definitely want to. And I'm curious how long you were able to get away with that, what you just shared before they shut you down. Uh, it was about a year. That's longer right than I thought. Year. Longer <laughs> than, yeah. So what, and so I just wasn't afraid. And what, here's the story. So I would teach the five paragraph essay. It's the biggest thing in writing in high school because you have to write it. It's the thing. Well, the Cambridge University had a model and I was studying and I loved it. And they have this thing where you, when the bell rings, you come in and immediately do work. All, all classrooms have that. They call it bell work or whatever. And so as soon as my kids would come in, I would have them write three to five sentences just about whatever prompt was on the board. And so then by Friday, Monday, three to five sentences, Tuesday, and so on. By Friday, they had a five paragraph essay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you just start shaping it. This is your introduction day. This is your body paragraph day. Friday's your conclusion, whatever. Well, that's what I did for like the first semester. And it wasn't until like around, you know, like October where I was like, this, this is fucking boring. I hate <laughs> all of these prompts you know they're terrible and then i was just having a bad you know like you go through the post relationship after divorce breakup which is messy you yep. know because and, yep. and so uh you know whatever so i was going through that breakup and i was just kind of down and i just wrote the question instead of the prompt that the, like you that the curriculum gives me i just wrote the prompt what are you afraid of oh and I said to the kids, I said, you know what? I'm just dealing with this question a lot. Like, I'm, what, what am I, you know, whatever. I said, here's the thing. I'm not going to grade your, your essays this week. You know what I'd like is just some honesty. So we're going to make this 100% participation-based. I'm not even going to read them. I just want you to hold it up. Let me see that you did it for five days. And write it like it fucking matters to you. Cuss, say whatever. If you speak Spanish, write in Spanish. I don't even care. Write, write whatever you want to write and just make it real. For one freaking week, let's just make it real. And holy shit. Wow. And so uh, a couple of kids wanted to hand it in and wanted to hand it in. And um, I read one and it was from a very uh, scholarly student. And it was, to this day, one of the best pieces of writing I've ever read. Like wow. George Orwell included one of the best pieces of writing I've ever read. And I was sobbing at my desk, reading the heart of this student. And I just was blown away. I wrote on the back, this means the world to me, a whole long note. This, you'll never know what this, this changed my whole life, blah, 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 blah. Solid 100 and I handed it back to her. And uh, she said, did I get a hundred? And I was like, yeah. And then she, um, she literally did this. 
and threw it in the trash can. Wow. And my heart just sank. And I was like, what the, f- what just, what just happened? And I, so I reached out my crowd. I said, what are you doing? She's like, I already wrote it. It doesn't matter. I said, no, 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 it, it matters. Yeah. And I was broken, like in a good way, not like sad, but like just, I was at a, yeah. So I went home that night and called a friend of mine and I said, I need to know what to do with this. And my friend was on TikTok and was like, you should read it on TikTok. Oh, wow. But you need and permission. I, and I was like, well. <laughs> and so I was like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's wisdom. I was in a, I was in a very like, I was in a very like hyped up state. And I was like, I was like, yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And then, uh, and then she was like, she was like, slow down, slow down. There's a lot to this. And I was like, no, 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 this is huge. I want to get it while I'm in the emotion. And so she's like, no, 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 you have to go do this thing, whatever. And so I was like, so I went back. She's like, you got to get permission. I was like, okay. So I went up to the student. I said, Hey, what do you think about me reading this on TikTok? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, how the hell do I, what is TikTok? You know, whatever. So I like was watching it, but I didn't know how to like make a TikTok, you know? So I watched this guy, this, his name was old time hockey. Shout out to him. I love him with all my heart. And he does these like ASMR breaks where he'll like cook. And be like, Well, hello buddy. And he's like, <laughs> at the end and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I love it. I still follow him. I love him. But he had these little breaks in between. He would like say something and then he would show a close up shot of something. And then he would talk again. And I was like, that's cool. Could I do that? Like introduce it and then show like coffee or something weird in my classroom and then read the essay. And they're like, oh, that's brilliant. She's like, that's a brilliant idea. Just do it. So I tried it. And then the first video I posted made it to 10,000 views. In my wow. Course. Yeah. So wow. then that was just under Aaron Leatherbarrow 08 or some bullshit, you know, like whatever. And how long ago was that? November of 2022. So really not very long ago. Or November 2021, like 14 months ago. Something okay. like that. And I said, holy, so 10,000. And then the next day was like 25,000. And then my friend was like, okay, whoa, we need to think about branding. And I'm like, how does that <laughs> I love <mean>? your friend. <laughs> Desperately in love. But anyway, like, oh. I was like, what the hell just happened? And uh, she was like, we need a brand. And I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? Like, I know the name, but what are you talking? She's like, oh, I got it. And I'm like, what? She's like, punk rock teacher. And I'm like, I'm not, what? She's like, just, I'll do it and design the logo. She's like, you know, you have that funky mohawk. We'll make that the logo. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Set it up. So sent me the whole thing. And then it was like on and popping like three, like four essays later, it got like 2 million views. I had a hundred thousand followers in less than three weeks. It just got insane. Wow. I mean, you just never know. No idea. And I had no idea. So then I'm like getting a lawyer. We're talking about, no, it's intellectual properties. It has to be signed off. You have to get guardians. It's a whole thing. You're talking about minors. You know, luckily my brother is a business major that deals with authorship and all this kind of stuff. So he's like, dude, you got to cover your ass, man. There's, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. So then we got it all like a lawyer running through my whole thing. And then as it's progressed, it was very reactionary. Like it was very like, oh, this is happening. Shit. We got to do this. Oh, this is happening. Shit. We got to do this. And then it was like 200 thousand followers. And then Facebook happened. And then it was like, holy hell, now I have 75,000 followers on Facebook. What the fuck is that? Like, I don't even know what Facebook is. You and know? it's only like, old people. <laughs> and it's only old people. And they're so mean. <laughs> you know, like, the, with the painted fingernails and the, oh God, they hate me. Yeah, And they love me at the same time. So right. it's so, it's so hit or miss with that. But that makes for really engaging content. But nevertheless, so I learned a ton over the last year. But what ended up happening, Heather, is I just 
I have a we have we have a word called like Napoleon, which means that it's not about the size of who we are. <laughs> and it's a stupid word. I came I up with it randomly when we were out having a drink one night. And I was just like, but it was like every time like a video would get to like 2 million, we would be freaking out. Like, what the hell are we going to do? We got to respond to these comments. It's so big. We don't know what to do. Napoleon. Yeah. We're just, we're small. It doesn't matter. What is this about? It's about the kids. It's about caring yeah. about the kids. It's about caring about the kids. And so I say that word a thousand times a day. Just yeah. You Which know. sort of reminds you to be centered, right? Mm -hmm. I have be here now tattooed on my inner left wrist. And I think it's kind of like that. Like, well, slow down. Mm -hmm. Stay here. So then I had a massive video that went viral. I said the word fucking it. I went like this. And I was like talking about white men running the world and how much I fucking hate it. And uh, then I had a, a concert two nights later. Uh, the principal's kid came to my concert and told what happened at my concert, which is not like it's a punk rock concert. And so I got fired two days later. And after that, it was super easy. Uh, this kids wrote me essays about me getting fired and sent them to my email address. And I posted those videos and those all went wow. to like insane hundreds of thousands of views. It was crazy. And um, I went to a new school and they had already heard of my TikTok channel and they loved so they me. Knew. And I walked in with like eyeliner, a mohawk, a t-shirt that said the casualties with anarchy symbols all over it, torn up jeans, a studded belt. And I, that was my interview outfit. And I walked in, I was like, well, I'm the punk rock teacher. I don't know what else to tell you. I fucking love that. You were like, this is what you're getting. And it's what they got. Really clear. It's what we just talked about earlier, which is where I said, don't do things that you want to hide from. And it's the same, like own your shit. Mm -hmm. If you, if you want it, step into that power and mm -hmm. not everybody's for us. And to this day, they struggle with me. They're so great. I love my school. They're, they're so tolerant. They let me create the safe space classroom that I did that looks like a 1970s grandmother's living room. Oh, it's like the coolest thing ever. It may, went massively viral. It made Yahoo national news. My classroom is just like insane because it looks like a house. Like you yeah. walk in and there's like rugs and couches and plants and armchairs. It's crazy. And they, I never asked them. I just did it. Right. And they, they're like, this isn't, oh, fuck. All right, it's on national news. I guess we're going to have to do it. And <laughs> now it's like, like first stop on their tours. Like when people are like touring, they're like, oh, check out the punk rock classroom. Mm -hmm. And they and we have meetings a lot because if they do something shitty in my classroom, half a million people are going to see it. Yeah. So like they came in, this is what started the punk rock pantry is they came in and they had three people observing me at one time. And I'm like, that's fucked. And I know that they all had to get as many observations as you need to get in. So I knew they weren't like being assholes. They were just doing their job, but it's wrong. It's like a wrong thing to do to, <laughs> to so a teacher. So much pressure. And yeah. I don't even fucking care. It was pressure on the kids. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't know what. Well, so then I have this other kid who lit is literally homeless and he got a new hat and it had the Hooters logo on it, but he found it, I'm sure just found it you know and what I needed mean? Like, a hat and needed a hat it was freezing well the one of the administrators walked up and said take that off <gasps> and the kid was starving and cold and tired so i went into my i always carry these little lara bars i love them and they, they like natural ingredients so i always like have one in case i forget lunch i go and grab a couple of lara bars and i walk up to the kid and i'm like hey i love you man i am so sorry here and he i was like do you want to just leave the class and just go home he's like yeah thanks man in the middle of my observations, I went up right to that kid. I handed him some food, grabbed his hat, gave it back to him. I let him go for the whole day. And I posted that story online and that made it to like 6.4 million views. And that was the origin of the punk rock pantry because I, for one time, cared about taking care of a student's immediate needs instead of the needs of the grade of the school to get better. It's Maslow over Blooms for those educational people. And yeah. like, 
I, I care more than my students eat than if they learn rhetoric. You know, like, I'm sorry. Like, well, how can you thing- learn rhetoric if you're starving? You can't focus. Yeah. It just, I mean, it just takes a little bit of thought. Well, I'm telling you, in the world of education now, we we have so such high demands of standard. We don't have the time. Like, and people hate teaching because you don't have, you can never do what you're required to do within a day. So the only way to do it is to have an anarchist mindset, which is like, fuck you, authority. I'm going to do what works. I'm sorry, but like, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to do what works for my kids. They're the ones in my classroom every day. So like, I'm sorry, I'm going to feed them before I'm going to teach them. I'm going to listen to them so I know how to teach teach them. them. I'm going to give them manga books so they actually read. You know, like I'm not going to force fucking Shakespeare down their throat. I hate Shakespeare. I'm not going to make them read Shakespeare. You know, like I I don't. I don't hate Shakespeare. (laughs) He's annoys the hell out of me. He's not worth the time. And if you give me another fucking Edgar Allan Poe, I'm just going to like lose my mind with this shit. Anyway, there's so much great, uh, so many authors. Like what the hell are we doing with these same things? I can't even. I was just having that conversation with my good friend, Jennifer, who I know listens. So hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Um, uh, The classics. And I, and I'm a fan of the classics and there is a place for learning and teaching the classics, but also there's so much incredible new content out that is life affirming and game changing. And, you know, Jason Reynolds comes immediately to mind. His work mm-hmm. is incredible, but I mean, he's just one of, one about, of millions. Yeah. I don't even know how teachers who care the way that you care and who want to have the profound effect because so much, and I, I love teachers. I am grateful for teachers. They have you have the hardest job in the world right now, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I think so many people have been forced into apathy, have been forced into, well, we get beat down and they they it, don't the have culture. the ability that you have to just go, well, fuck it. Yeah, fire me. I'll start over. Like not everybody can do that. We understand. But they don't push those envelopes. So how do you even pick mm-hmm. the content that you're gonna share? I don't I do what I'm passionate about? Yeah, I like teach Bukowski. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I teach the stuff that I love to teach, and I teach the stuff that I know they want to hear. Yeah, you know, like, and I don't really teach a ton of the classics, and I don't really teach a ton of this. St- I mean, I do because I do see value in it, but it's really, I mean, I teach empathetically, and I teach with a philosophy of storytelling as an educational style. Yeah, I think that we like That's are lost in the story. Like stories are everything. If you look at what's going massively viral on all social media accounts, it's face to camera storytelling. Like it's literally a person looking at a camera telling a story. And that's the stuff that all of the algorithms are pushing all over the place always. Well, that's just what I do naturally. So it works out well, you know, but like it's, that's everything. And it works because these students are dying again for humanity. They just want some humanity. Yeah. That's I tell stories more than I tell, like more than I have them read Tolkien you know, I'll just tell them a story of when I was in high school. Well, that's what they, they want to see themselves and they want to see their own potential. And I can connect that yeah. to the standards. Yeah. Like yeah. I can connect all of these things through, I mean, it's a story. That's what books and literature is all, it's all stories. You know, so like uh, for me, it just, that's how I, oh that's how I connect all of like what they're wanting. And it works. I'm telling you, I said this earlier in the podcast that our, we got our scores back today for the, for the FSA or the fast PM tests. Yeah. Our school in my class made a 20, 20% increase from last wow. year. Like that doesn't happen. No. Like 
It just shows you how much we need to shift the way we teach. Empathy. 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 And I, and like you just said, like there's like, we're surrounded by apathy. Even though we care, we don't know how to care because no one's teaching us this. We're just surrounded by people who don't care. And that's the facade. If you listen to my hallways, bro, fuck that, man, bro, I don't fucking care, man. Bro, I I don't even try. Like, bro, I'm (laughs) fucked this, man. Bro, I'm about to fall asleep, man. Bro, this fucking sucks. That's, that's my hallway. Yep. All the time. But yep. it's all bullshit. They do care. Do. We just got to find out what they care about and cultivate it. Yeah. We have to find out what they care about and cultivate it. And it's taking the time to do that and making the effort to show and, up. And they and know I that. care because I'm giving them food and hygiene supplies. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is all free. Come in. The pantry's open. I love you. I care about you. Go. So let's talk about the pantry. Um, yeah. You had that one moment you shared with us where you mm-hmm. realized they're starving. I need to take care of them. But it's not just that. It is, I mean, hygiene, whoo, that's a massive thing, especially when, and I it, I think this is big in Florida, and I know it is in Texas, where all of a sudden you're not supposed to be talking about menstrual cycles and like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? But so having that, ha- I, I, you know, things to keep you warm or all of that, did you start funding that on your own? You just like started having those things available for your students? Uh huh. But I can't do that. It's impossible to sustain. Correct. That. So I, you know, luckily I happen to have a following. Yeah. And so I just am honest. I'm like, yo, we need shit. Like they need blankets. We need socks. We need food. We need menstrual products. We need deodorant. We need te- toothbrushes. We need hairbrushes. I need hair ties, hair ties. But like, like uh, the things that I lose the most of are protein bars, hair ties, deodorant and menstrual products. I go through those things like crazy because kids are not comfortable and cannot afford these things on a regular basis. Yeah. So like, and there's shame around getting them anyway, but not in my class anymore. Right. So like now they just, I'm like, they're like, Mr. Leather. I'm like, it's open. Just go. It's open. So the first time I found you, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and by the time I saw this video, you had come full circle on it, but I'd like to talk about it from the beginning. Sure. Was you had this amazing stocked pantry and then you went, yeah, yeah, you went out of town, right? What happened while you were out of town? Uh, I was gone for two days. Uh, The friend that I was talking about, literally um, her father, her father passed away and I had Mm, to go to a funeral. And it was actually one of the most powerful weekends of my life. And when I came back, my entire pantry, not just like the supplies that I set out, but like the boxes, the, the, you know, like the surplus, the backups, the whatever, all of it was gone. Like literally all of it was gone. And, and your I, initial reaction to that was what? Was available on TikTok, but I didn't know what to devastated. do, but I knew it was raw. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, okay. And I just hit camera. I just hit record. Nothing fancy. Just hit record. And I literally said, I came back and all of this was gone. And I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if the substitute was just like whatever. Because like when I'm here, I'm standing here. And so like I can just kind of be there and they know not to do anything stupid because I'm standing here. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know what happened. And I just, I was really put off and I was sad and I didn't know what. And I got one comment on Facebook that talked about like food insecurity. And she said, she said, maybe they needed it. Isn't that what it's for? And boy, I'm a teacher, but I am so willing to learn. And that rocked my world. And I was like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Like, okay. They probably did. And it sucks that it had to come this way, but at least it's there. At least it's there. 
Yeah. You know, like, okay. And so the, then I post, posted up the follow-up video. Within a week, I had the entire thing completely okay. refilled and over $5,000 of donations. Wow. And that's what started the Punk Rock Unity Project. Yeah. Well, I want to dig into that. But that was my initial response. And I, I think I commented that. And I think you responded like, yeah, I got there. Like, here's this other video. And we just don't, I don't know, as humans, I think we are so focused and we see, we see this with our kids. We're so focused on our own experience, mm-hmm. how it feels to be us in the world, that it is really easy to not imagine the experience that the people we're experiencing are having. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, and I I mean, if you need if you need a punk rock pantry to begin with, they're not the only ones hungry and cold and without personal care supplies. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's um, yeah, you're exactly right. So yeah, I loved that. I mean, I love this about you. You move fast, man. You're like, oh, I see this issue. I will solve it. Again, it reminds me, I'm pretty sure you're a generator in human design and generators are responders. Mm -hmm. Something comes up, it triggers something intuitive in you and you respond and I will fucking take care of that. I will Mm -hmm. do that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is super bad. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. Like, I like, Oh my God, here's the idea. Let's go. Yeah. It was like, you should read it online next day. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I'm, I don't operate like that, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And so Yes, this you've now, I mean, you said you the pantry is like good. This is not a thing you have to worry about for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the Unity Project. So that's what ended up happening because like, what are you going to do? Like now I have this ethical dilemma. Here's all this money that's come in. That doesn't belong to me. It belongs to students. Like that's what it was for. It was for people that wanted to donate to feed students. Well, my students are fucking fed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like They're good. Like their, their dinners are taken care of. They've got wow. breakfast when they come in. They've got protein bars. They've got healthy snacks. They've got products out the kazoo. We've got, I, I mean, do it's kids awesome. do kids come in and use your pantry who are not in your class? Absolutely. It's for the yeah. whole school. Yeah, the absolutely. School. And so it was amazing. So, but we're talking thousands of dollars came in and I just care about ethics. So I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And of course my brilliant fucking partner, who's helped me the entire time was like, you know, what we should do is we should pay it forward. There's yeah. gotta be teachers that want to do this exact same thing that don't have the money. And I'm like, there it is. So I created the entire thing. You know, I get like up on chat GPT and I'm like, okay, chat, like, how do we get, like, give me some ideas on blah, 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 blah. Me and me and chat GPT are like best friends. But anyway, so like, we like, broom, 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 broom. I'm giving all these, I'm like, oh my God, we could do this. We could do it. Mr. Beast style, man. We could like walk right in, hand him like $500 and say, boom, we love you. Oh my God. You can start your own pantry now. And that's, that's kind of what it is. So then I just said, like on my channel, and I have it on my website and everything, like if you want to nominate a teacher for the Punk Rock Unity Project, nominate them. Tell me why they're, are the, if they're meeting kids' needs, I trust you, I'm there. And if I can get there, which is my issue now because I'm a full-time teacher, I can't just like leave to go to California to like give it to, you know, some deserving teacher. But that doesn't mean I can't in the future. So keep sending in nominations. And now if like Savannah or Orlando or Daytona or Jacksonville, or if it's like two or three hours, like I can get that. I can do that. I can knock out a day. Like I'll take off a Friday and drive up there. And we just like, we literally just walk in with $500 cash I get in a box of Lara bars because they helped like sponsor me. And I walked up and I was like, I was like, I, I've done 
done it now, I think five times. And I go into a teacher's classroom. They have no idea, but the person who nominated helps me get in and all of that kind of stuff. And then I walk into their classroom without them even knowing. And I'm like, Hey, my name is Aaron Leatherbarrow. Online, um, I'm known as the punk rock teacher. You probably don't know me. However, I've heard a lot about you and how you provide for your students. And I wanted to hand you this box of Laura bars to help meet their needs. And I know that that's not a big deal, but I just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing. Now, it's all being filmed and all the kids are like freaking out, you know, and they don't even understand that they're going to get cash. And they're looking at this box of bars like, what the fuck is this guy? And then I ask them this question and I go like, but honestly, like if there's one thing that you could provide for your students, what would it be? I just want to know just one thing. One thing, anything. Well, the first teacher that we did, she was like, I tell my students all the time, love and happiness. Do you have that in a bottle? Love and happiness. <laughs> and so then I go, um, I pull out $500 cash and I'm like, I don't have love and happiness. But what I do have is $500 cash for you to continue to provide for these kids, to build up your lemonade stand, to build up a pantry like I did. Thank you for who you are and for what you do. And I hope this helps. And it is the coolest fucking thing. Oh my God. So cool. I have chills. I legitimately do not know how you don't have a TV series yet. <laughs> all in good time. All in good time. I because mean, like, I, honestly, I'm, I, it's all, this is what punk rock teacher has been like. Now there's like people that we all, you know, we meet on how to talk about this kind of stuff. Everything's volunteer. Everyone's just helping out. But like now we're an LLC, like punk rock teacher LLC, because now there's money coming in. And, you know, I have my own nail polish brand, like punk rock polish. I have lots of merchandise that people buy. I have curriculum. I just wrote the punk rock teacher memoir, which is the story of the first essay up until now. My whole show shared experience from the divorce to receiving all these essays. All the kids' essays are featured in it. It's the most amazing thing. I'm talking, I'm shopping publishers right now. So publishers hit me up, but like, it's crazy. It just got back from the editor. I like, there's all of these veins that have happened because I'm a generator, I guess. And I just go. So like people make fun of my nail polish. Fuck you. Here's an organic nail polish that's for all human beings and you can purchase it. And then I had like Polly Van Dam from the Palm Pops, which is this amazing punk rock band. I named my pink, which is right here, Polly Van Pink after her. And she's going to help like to support it. Like it is the fucking coolest thing ever. You can buy punk rock teacher books. I have a children's book that I just wrote that an illustrator is doing about the 147 books that were banned. And it's about 10 little books that are trying to walk into a school. And the school comes up and says, no, we're closed. You can't come in. You're banned. And the books are like, but we we just want to tell our stories. And they go to a librarian and the librarian's like, no, we can change it. It's the greatest thing. I mean, punk rock teacher has gone wild. And it, it so like, like a year, less than a year. Yeah. Less than a year. Well, like the essays were like a year and ten, like whatever. But once this kind of became like a movement when people were like behind it. So now all we're doing now is talking about like, okay, we're no more reactionary. No more yeah, reactionary. Get in front of that. Let's get in yeah. front of this. So we're talking about making it a nonprofit eventually. I'm getting certified as a life coach. I'm getting like all of these different kinds of things because this is what I'm doing. Yes. I'm like decided I'm a hundred percent. We're talking about like public speaking, professional developments. Absolutely. Now the book, book tours, it's just getting like, and now none of that's like booked. I'm not like, oh, I'm in high demand. Trying oh to no, it, it will but be. Like, my done thought is done. like, okay, let's get ready for this. So people know how to handle it when they have a question, when someone's listening to your podcast, it's like, actually, I want this guy to come and speak to my school. Now there's a way to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? And like the right way to pay and it's going to be whatever, but I want to go, I'm talking about turning this into 
into a nonprofit because I really want people to be able to get tax credit from this. Like, I don't want it to be a for-profit business. It feels weird to me, but yeah. that's all in good time. No. So I'm all just like talking to the people that know, and I'm trying to develop a team is what I'm real. That's what I've been doing this week. This week is all about developing a team. I so I have someone that. that understands marketing. I have people that help run my Writers Guild, which is a group of over a thousand writers from all over the world that send in five paragraph essays just to be featured on my channel. And then they help me sort through it. And I read some of the most amazing essays that you've ever heard, just because people love that someone will freaking read and listen to them. Well, that's what Punk Rock Teacher does. We read and we listen. It's unreal. And then I have like writing workshops that I do virtually, like my spring writing workshop, which is May 21st. That's only $50 for a week long session with me where I teach how to write the narrative and you get like a Zoom call with me. And then you get a week's like Google Classroom, like you're my student for it is unbelievable the things that are happening. But it's because I say, yes, I'm an anarchist. I don't need a fucking authority to tell me. You do what (laughs) you want. I'm good. Like, I don't need it. Yeah. And you say no. And I say no when it sucks. If it's a shitty idea, I'm like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And being able to disseminate the difference between when you should say yes and when you should say no is like a superpower, right? Like, You think so, but it just comes down to, is this good for humanity? Like, is it going to help humanity? I don't know, man. I think it's a superpower because I think we are not taught to do that. And I go back to that original moment with your student with the hat Mm-hmm. And and the administrator who said take it off. Oh, I face and I and you you were like no fuck that, right? Being able I was to, like fuck that. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. I'm so excited for you, but far more excited for the people who are going to benefit from all of this. Um, we're gonna end this interview shortly, and I'm gonna be like, okay, how do I get involved in everything? Which is just the way that I roll, but I, I, totally. it's, and we're it's, honestly, what's wild is I'm just having to figure that shit out. Like, yeah. as I was listening to your podcast and you were like, all right, well tell people how to, I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> well I'm going to ask you that question in just a minute. So let's see if you've got an answer, but it's just powerful. And I'm so grateful because we, our world is literally on fire, figuratively and literally on mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. It is melting down around us in so many ways. And then there are people like you who stand right in the middle of the flames and say, come on, come at me. Yeah. Bring it. And it's my spleen again, right? I have all the chills right now. It just, and people go, oh, I want to do that thing. I want to be a part of that thing. That guy, I don't know if I can stand in the middle of the flames, but I can, I can help him stay there. And that's how we come together as a global community and change the fucking world. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Re- I, I, that's why I'm doing it. Oh I, my I gosh. Mean, it's, I'm, I'm all in. There's nothing. There's, I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, that feels like a really great segue to one of my favorite questions, which is Let's how go. do you like to celebrate success? Because there's a lot to celebrate. <sighs> oh. Well, now we're getting into weaknesses of Aaron Leatherbarrel. I struggle. <laughs> I do. I struggle. I, I don't, I honestly, like I'm, I celebrate by going again. Like, I feel like this is going, let's go. We're on a wave. Like, let's go. You know, like, yeah, that was great. Let's go. You know, like, and I don't think it's healthy. I struggle, you know, like I'm a human. I like, I, I don't celebrate well. And I also like, don't take care of myself. Well, I'll just straight up. 
Mm. Like I, I don't sleep at all. You know, I suck at it. And I like have like, I'm just now getting back into therapy because like, I'm going to cry again. But like, I, I go to therapy, man. Like I struggle and I do, I do it often, but I'd like, I'm a teacher. I can't afford that shit. So like, I don't, you know, like it's so hard, but like, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm investing because I need to keep my shit right. You know what I mean? But like, it's hard, you know, like I feel like I'm either judged as like a manipulative, horrible, like the words that have been called over me, I can't even, you know, like, and I feel like I have these trusted relationships and then they start to fall off. And then people that like helped me at the beginning of this now don't believe in it anymore and are acting like ashamed. And I'm telling you, like the things that like that move, that motivate me seem to often fall and it's hard. And I'm carrying like the information of an entire generation. And it's like, and the generation that everyone talks shit about and acts like they're the worst and the laziest. They're the best. And Not like, everyone. The most Florida. Informed, most amazing generation of all time, people. You need to know that the rest of us are yeah. like Gen Z for Change president. World. We're right. Gen Z. They will save us. They already are. It's done and done. You got to understand everything around me is the exact opposite. Yeah. No. Like I mean, I'm, I'm trying to hang on, but like, sure. you know, you are who you're with. And like, I, I'm like surrounded by hate. Just everywhere. And I'm so alone is the real truth. So like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, but like when you're like in social media and you have a following of 500,000 people and you don't have a friend, like. Oh, Aaron, you make me cry again too. But it's the damn truth. I mean, like, that's my life. That's how I live. You know, I don't have a girlfriend right now. I don't have a wife. I don't have, I don't even have a best friend, you know? So it's like, It's hard. So hard. It's hard to be the one standing in the middle of the flames. But I'll fucking stand in it until I die. Because I I don't want to be alive unless I am. I just don't. Like, there's no purpose. You know, like, I've done the fake life. I've done it. I've had it. I've had the success in the car and the house and the chickens and the three-figure career. I've had it all. It's all so meaningless. I mean, I could quote the Bible on that one. But, (laughs) like, seriously, it's just, it hurts me. And so, but, like... Nah, I can't, I can't stop because I'm going to, I'll stand in it until I burn. You know what I mean? Like I just will. Well, we're going to, we're going to put some sort of fireproofing fabric around you to keep you safe as you stand there. That's what the rest of us get to do. Yeah, that's how we get to help you. And, um, you know, at the risk of, you know, leaning into my coaching side a little Please. with your permission. Thank you. Please. There's science behind. And I love to say that because it's true celebrating gives you more to celebrate you want to and you and you actually you do do it right my sure. kids would laugh and be like do do yeah. um that <laughs> love a helping verb yeah <laughs> you do it and i think you could do more it's, it's when you bring awareness when you say holy fuck look what happened yeah that's awareness and celebration and it it shifts the people around us it shifts our own energy it shifts our own mindset it gives you more motivation it gives you just a little bit more teflon right? To do these hard things. So cut yourself a little slack. You can celebrate and whatever that looks like. And maybe for you, it's playing music or giving out a lower bar. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you chose, if you chose to keep track for 30 seconds every day Mm -hmm. of the things worth celebrating. Which I do. I call it my gratitude journal. There you go. And I mean, that's nice. It's nice. It is. It counts. 
Yeah. And I'm certified in, in positive psychology. So I love that you have a gratitude journal. So you are doing some things to take care of yourself. Sure, yeah. It sounds like it's overwhelming. It's not enough, maybe, but I'm glad to hear that. If I'm honest, it's a social issue. Like me by myself in my mind in my journal, I'm okay. Yeah. It's when I stop and I look at someone holding someone's hand. Or if I look at like friends hanging out, I just miss it. I just miss people. Yeah. And that is probably going to be hard to maintain staying geographically where you are. It is. And I imagine, and I don't want to assume, but I imagine you're not trying to leave because you can't have the impact that you have if you're not there. If I'm honest, I don't know if location really matters. Uh, I, I just think like right now I'm content. I love my school. I love my class. Things are right. I'm not moving. I'm just moving. I'm taking like, I know where I want to be in five years. And I say this all the time. Just know where you want to be in five years and take one step towards it. That's it. And that's all I do. I look at my next step. Yeah. I just look at my next step. I'm trying to, my marketing person is trying to get me like, where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, fuck man, I know. But like, no, 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 we actually need to define it. You do. So I'm in the midst of trying to do that. But like, yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm very good at my next step. Yeah. Well, and you can have people around you to help you look at the five year. And then you do, it is just one step at a time. And progress is never linear, right? Like it's not Mm going to go the way you think it's going to go. It's going to go something totally different. And when we can see those things and all of this progress and, and without judgment and say, okay, now I know this, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. With more information, we change our minds. We do something different. Like that's just the fucking way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite charitable organization to support? So right now the punk rock unity project is a big <laughs> one. Uh, you can like, I, I really, really, really love that. But also my brother runs one called uh, sisters of grace, which is really beautiful. It's in Thailand actually. And it helps like, girls that have been abducted and it's yeah. a really beautiful wonderful thing and i'd love to help support that too uh sisters of grace and punk rock unity project is all available yeah okay thank you for sharing them both we will make them both our charities of the week awesome give them a lot of love and my listeners are really used to this go check them out do what you can whether it's just telling somebody else about it if you've got time if you've got money social media likes it all counts Uh, but we have to do this together if we don't i mean think about where you would be aaron and i want the listeners to think about this think about where aaron would be if the community hadn't come together to stock that pantry we would not be having this conversation Mm -hmm. it only Mm -hmm. happens when we all decide to make it happen and you don't need money to do it no that share button y'all oh god that share button yeah it is a powerful button in this world 2023 i would rather the share button than five dollars i'm telling you like the share button give it to more people give it to more people thank you for that all right so how do folks find you how do they find the punk rock unity project how do so they i do have a website it's annoying because we're trying to convert it to punkrockteacher.com. it's just not that yet so it's like punk rock teacher square site blah 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 but really if you just tiktok punk rock teacher i'm right there okay. and then like if you go to my tiktok channel my link tree is there everything's there all the videos there you can learn everything in like six minutes if you just google punk rock teacher tiktok so okay. easy. We'll put the links in the show notes for that. I'm also going to put the links uh, to Spotify to Cassette oh, yeah, Crisis because sure. yeah, I think that, that's really cool. If folks want to know, I need to think about if I can rearrange our publication schedule, and I might be able to do that, we could potentially have this out before the 21st. 
Mm-hmm. If folks want to join your writing workshop, do you want to talk about that first? Oh like my God. So it's a powerful thing. Yeah. If you um, want to be a part of the spring writing workshop, all available through the links on all of my socials, but like it is an intimate, beautiful writing experience. It, what, you know, like, and what I would really say about reaching out to me is like, God, just get on Instagram and go to like punk rock teacher official and send me a message. I'm a human. I will respond to you. I want to know. I want to listen to you. I care about your story. I love everything. If you have a question, I want to answer it. But so first of all, just join the community. But the spring writing workshop, we're talking about the narrative and how to tell a story. And it is so powerful for anyone that doesn't think that they can write, that has an I that likes to write, that wants to journal or have never even thought about it and just want to be a part of the punk rock teacher community. It's one week with like one hour live session on a Sunday where you get all of my instruction and feedback all about the narrative and writing and what have you. But then it's a week long of interaction in a virtual classroom where we share writing, we talk people, there's a whole chat room. And then at the end, we have a massive celebration where I read aloud on my channel and everything, like top three submissions that came in. And then you get an invitation to our discord which is like a chat server where all of the punk rock teacher people are and everyone just helps that we have like a whole health and wellness center we have so many great things of people that just want to be there it's a community we're just a big online community like hashtag prt fam like and it's like a thing like it's we really love each other and support each other and take care of each other and the nice thing about the spring writing workshop is you get this intimacy with me and writing and time and then afterwards you're part of a community and it's so wonderful and it's only like $50 for like the entire week it's unbelievable okay I love that y'all go check it out I know we have a lot of writers or folks who want to write and who love Mm. this community so we're gonna I'm gonna do what I can to get this episode out in enough time can they join like literally right up to literally right up yeah just there's a link right to it you can download it's so so easy okay excellent Aaron you are just fire I love it. Can you share your three words with us one last time? Rebellion. Oh my God, rebellion. Rebellion. (laughs) Empathy. 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 And anarchy. Oh my God, authority sucks. Anarchy. I love them. I love you. I'm all the way in. Whatever you need ever, you hit (laughs) me up. Uh, We'll take care of it for you. And I cannot thank you enough. All I'm hoping is that this is not our last conversation. Oh, my God. No way, man. I have so many questions. I love everything you do. I spent over an hour on your website. I'm obsessed. I love everything. I love that you have your business. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Okay. Like I'm like, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. I want to go (laughs) and speak with her. I want to be everywhere. I want this. This is where I want to be in five years is I want to be Heather. I want want this. This, You are now my mentor. I would like this. I love. (laughs) that. Well, we will make it happen, Aaron. Thank you so, so, so much. You're so welcome. Wow. I don't know about you all. I don't know about you guys, but I have to tell you, I am on fire after that conversation. Aaron just, he's at a thousand all the time. uh, And I could have kept talking to him forever and just never stopped. What a joy and a light and this like electric energy he has. I love it. I hope you loved it as much as I did. I hope you want to go out and support the Punk Rock Unity Project and everything that Aaron is out here doing. You know, it's hard, folks, to be the person standing in the middle of the fire. And he's going to need so much support to keep doing this incredible work that he's doing. I love that he said, everything is fake, wrong, and horrible. 
And he's always trying to find a way to make that different, right? Like there is so much of it out there. And if you are human, just be a human, like a real human and connect with people on a human level. It makes a profound difference. So go out, follow Aaron on all the platforms, whichever one your favorite one is, and uh, show your support however you can. And speaking of support, if you love the free content that I'm putting out, whether it's on this show, The Brave Files, or my sister podcast, Was It Chance?, or my weekly live show. I am live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central with, it's called Brave in Action. So one unique way you can step out of fear and into bravery in your everyday life. You can say thanks. You can give me a little tip, maybe buy my coffee for the week. If you love it, if it's touching you, if it's inspiring you, if you find it bringing you just a little bit of joy, let me know and say thanks. You can find that tip jar at vickeryandco.com slash say thanks. I love you. I think you're amazing. I think you're brave. I think you're beautiful. And I am, without a doubt, your biggest fucking fan. So until next time, this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Bye now. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, find our show notes, and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at the Brave Files podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our audio engineer, to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>